Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Authentic Filters, where topics are real, relevant, and the call to action is needed. Moral beliefs are being tested every day, so if we want to see change, let's stand united and demand that change happens. My name is Lisa. And my name is Anthony. Let's Let's get get into it. it. Welcome to a new episode of Authentic Filters. Today we're going to talk about wrongful convictions around marijuana. I want to welcome our reoccurring guest, Preston Nelson, to the panel. Also be sure to listen to previous episodes on our portal at Authentic Filters. You can also leave a five-star review at applepodcast.com and be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Let's get into it. So, hello guys. How are you guys doing? Great. Good. (laughs) All right, so we have a lot to talk about. Um, As you guys know, you have a lot of states that are now legalizing cannabis, marijuana, whatever, however you want to call it, weed. (laughs) There's, There's many different terminologies for it, but it all still means the same. But we have lots of people that are still in prison for either getting caught with marijuana or maybe they were selling marijuana. A change has to has to come because, like I said, there are a lot of states now that are actually legalizing uh, marijuana, whether it's for recreational purposes or medicinal use. So let's kind of just really sit here and, and talk about, you know, these issues that are going on um, regarding marijuana. I read an article with Forbes magazine, and it said around 40,000 Americans are incarcerated for marijuana offenses. Um, The article talks about a guy named Weldon Angelos, and he was pretty well known in the the music industry because a lot of celebrities knew him, but um, he was arrested for three counts of selling marijuana that totaled $900. Because of the mandatory sentencing laws, he was sentenced to 55 years in federal prison. Now, one good thing was his story did catch a lot of celebrities' attention. They were out there protesting, saying that, you know, this is unheard of. It was unfair. It was unfair punishment. And he was later pardoned by President Obama in 2016. But just think about that. If he would have never caught, you know, the media's attention, celebrities would have never stepped up to just really talk about, you know, we got to get him out. This is wrong. This is unfair for just being caught with $900 worth of marijuana. Now that marijuana is legal in that particular state that he was convicted in, 55 years, that I can't even wrap my head around 55 years. I mean, that's more than 30 years. <laughs> but regardless of 55 years, if he would have never gotten that pardon, he would still be in prison. What are you guys' thoughts about that? Well, for me, I think that, um, of course, that is excessive. However, I'm, I'm almost playing devil's advocate. Go back to what was the individual's background. Mm-hmm. Well, no. this said that he was caught. It said three... It was three counts of selling marijuana. So I'm going to assume could it have been strike one, two, three. You're out. Could have been. They still okay. had the three strike rule around. So that could have been the tipping point. Mm-hmm. Again, don't know what his background was, what he did in the past. Mm-hmm. I, we don't have that in front of us. So it's hard to decide to say if that was fit. Well, no, it's not fair. 55, 55 years. That's a lot. Yeah, that's just a lot. For, <laughs> just for weed. That's a long time. 
Well, it, and it's legal now in a lot of states. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. in the state that he was from, is it legal now? Mm-hmm. If so, let him go. Yeah, but I mean, 55 years. I mean, I, I guess I wonder why come they just didn't say life or just 30 years? But it seemed like the judge didn't say life. He just said 55 years. It just seemed like, I mean, I understand that, you know, we kind of talked offline about and how you know, old is he? <laughs> It didn't really get into his age in the article. 55 years pretty much is someone's life. That is someone's life. Even if he was young. Because, I mean, I believe he was... um, When I read the article, it kind of briefly talked about what he did. I think he was um, an executive. But still, let's just say he was in his 30s or 40s. 55 years on top of that. (laughs) That is the rest of his life. Chance of you coming out, seeing him, smelling fresh free air is yeah. probably slim to none. Yeah. But I'm glad that, you know, President Obama did step in and pardon him. And and you and we had a lot of that, you know, when President Obama was in office, he pardoned a lot of people. Definitely Trump pardoned a lot of people. I think he probably looked at people that was in that was locked up for whatever reasons and he probably felt that it was unfair. Um so he just started releasing people as well. I also read another article and this was actually with the New York Times. This guy was a truck driver, and his name was Bernard Noble. Now, he actually had two previous nonviolent offenses, and um, and this was in the, the state of New Orleans when he was stopped, because remember, he was a truck driver. So he's probably driving from state to state, but he was caught with two wheat, marijuana cigarettes. And back in the day, they were called joints. <laughs> Just to our that people say blunts. <laughs> so he had two marijuana cigarettes in his pocket and he was given 13.3 years just for that. But however, he did have two prior nonviolent um, convictions. But still to me it just seemed like to be stopped and pulled over just for two two marijuana cigarettes and to get 13.3 years and he actually had to serve all of that. There was no early release or anything like that. So it, it just kind of makes you wonder from that federal level. Because if a state has... Well, I think when these these um, events were happening, it probably wasn't legal in the states. Because some of this stuff was like back in 1993 oh, no. or 2010. So it was marijuana wasn't legal in those states. But then... Uh, as it's starting to become legal in each state, you know, there there has to be someone saying, okay, wow, you know, we have all these people in prison for the use of marijuana, maybe distributing marijuana. Now it's legal from the state level, I guess not so much from the federal level. We still need to say, hmm, should these people be released or you know, or should we just just keep them locked up? That's the question that folks need to be asked. And I think now more than ever, you do have celebrities stepping up saying, "No, nah, these folks need to be released." I know, I know, Nas is part of that that movement. Um, Ice Cube is part of that movement. And I believe Snoop Dogg is as well. That folks that have been convicted of marijuana and that are locked up for whatever how long the the punishment is. And if it's legal in that state that they've been convicted in, they need to be released. What's the point of even keeping them in prison? You can't sit here and say, oh, it's red tape. Oh, it's complex. It's going to take too long. No, you're, you're making it take that long. Why it's, keep them in prison? Why keep them in prison? Because prison is a business. They build these different prisons to hold us in there and they make money off of it. 
But that's I, the bottom line. So the more, I guess you could say, uh, more sales you have filled up, more attendees you have in prison, the more money you're getting. But see, I thought it was just the opposite because I thought when you have, when you ha- for each person, it costs the state tons of money just for that person just being in prison. So I guess I don't understand how they're making us money. I don't know if I said they're making you money. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no said, I said it's a business. Oh, oh, oh got <laughs> it, You're not got part it. of that business, so you're not going to make money. Oh, okay, you're right. You're so, going to be, <laughs> hopefully yo, you'll be one of the ones in the sale and they can make money off of you. You're right, because they're doing like that hard labor while they're in prison, right? Well, not even hard labor. It's just you fill up the sales and you're getting so much money for having these prisons occupied. So and once they're filled up, you build another prison. You occupy that one. You build another prison. So you're saying from the from like the state level, they're getting funding? Honestly, I don't know the oh. full. It could be state, federal. I'm not sure exactly where the money's coming from. Yeah. I can't speak on them. Right. You know, I don't have Uncle Sam come after me. So. <laughs> well, I think those minor offenses that he had, even though he probably hit the three-strike rule, I mean, something like that, he should be... And you have to think about the 80s and the 90s when they probably didn't have as much research and knowledge on marijuana and its effects. And they probably thought of it as taboo in, in, in the same relation as cocaine and some of those other heavy drugs. But something like that, they should be sent to a rehabilitation facility versus jail because now you're kind of in some ways institutionalizing them and depriving them of being able to make a living once they get out and they've got to start over again versus something that's as minor as having two marijuana joints where um, he's not harming anybody that's something that can easily be rehabilitated back in that day versus putting them away in a jail cell especially for over a decade. But but with, with that being said, you're right because, one, I think anybody, whatever the crime may be, you know, I think everybody should be rehabilitated, especially if they, they're not going to get life and eventually they're going to get back out here in the real world to try to make a living. They need to be rehabilitated or they're not going to be able to, to survive out here in the world and they're going to end up committing another crime and going back in prison where they feel comfortable or where they feel okay I can thrive in this environment you see what I'm saying so it's just going to be a repeated thing you know I, I kind of want to get into some some more stats on the racial imbalance with the marijuana you know I read an article on New York Times and it talks about you know kind of compare blacks and whites using marijuana at a comparable rate rate they both use it uh, whether you know whatever purposes is for but it said that and based on each state, and, and I'll kind of give a few stats on a few states. It talked about, for example, blacks in Iowa are 8.3 times more likely to be arrested. Think about that. 8.3 times more likely to be arrested than any other race when it comes to marijuana. Whether you're distributing it, maybe you're, you're, you're not distributing it, you just, have, you, just get, you just get caught with it in your pocket or in your car or whatever the case may be. Kansas, we live in the state of Kansas. It's 4.4 uh, times more likely to be arrested if you're black. 
Tennessee, same thing, 4.4. Alabama, 4.4. Being black, you're more more than likely you're going to be arrested for getting caught with marijuana. That's an eye opener. And I know that, you know, Preston, we were kind of briefly talking offline. You said, no, prior, the stats were much higher than that. At least double. Double. Wow. So I wonder what change could have happened. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, some change did happen. And there's still disparities by just reading these stats. But I wonder what happened to where it did kind of cut in half somewhat. One, why did it drop that much? But then what was kind of the, the, the driver behind that? So I'll definitely want to do some more research on that. I believe it probably has something to do with administrations. They probably made amendments to certain bills and laws over the years. Uh, seems like the law for uh, bringing criminals or criminal charges against individuals using marijuana was probably back in 1970. I believe they amended the law in the 2000s. I'm not sure if that was under Obama. I believe it was. And that just helped to lower that number. Like I said, from what I read, I believe it was double before. Mm -hmm. Now you're looking at 8 point, what'd you say, 8.6, 8.1, something? Yeah, I mean, it just kind of varies. And that's the thing is I look at these numbers just not really knowing the the previous record of it. I mean, th- this just seems really hot to me. Just kind of seeing the the imbalances of um, you know blacks versus whites, and blacks definitely really seem like they're being held accountable for getting caught for, with the marijuana, mm-hmm. and, and not so much the the other races. But again, it goes back to what I said is more of a business. Um, one thing I went over was the I want to say the Fordham Journal for corporate and financial law. One thing is stated is that as far as the business, you're looking at federal and us, the taxpayers. We're helping to fund these prisons and the prisons can bring in, I believe the number I saw is like $74 billion a year. I think every prisoner that's in there is, they bring in a couple thousand, between six and $14,000 mm-hmm. for being incarcerated. I'm not sure if that was a year or if that's monthly, but they're bringing in a lot of money. That's why you keep seeing these prisons getting built. They have to fill these prisons. They'll pick you up on the third strike. Uh, Some states, I believe, still have the third strike around. Uh, Marijuana use. We talked about individuals getting picked up for that, which seems small. But what happened in the background, we don't know if these individuals have long criminal sheets. And just this one marijuana possession tipped them over the edge, over that peak. So now, hey, we don't care. Three strikes. Marijuana, you were just smoking it, you just had a little bit in your pocket, you're going to jail. Yeah, but then once again, you know, to me, it seemed like the one, two, three strike, obviously that's not happening across the board because of the the disparities with the races. Mm-hmm. I mean, if black folks are getting arrested, yep. you know, in Iowa, as I said, 8.3 times more likely than, you know, white folks, then that's not really one, two, three strikes, you're out. To a certain point, you know, well, let's just kind of talk about the gray areas, you know. Yeah, you know, you have these judges. <laughs> for some reason, judges have jobs for life, and I don't really agree with that. But you have these judges, and, um, you know, I think, Anthony, you mentioned that they're supposed to know the gray areas when it comes to each case that they're going to actually render um, a sentence on. Um, and you're right. They're supposed to know the gray areas, but at the same token, um, obviously, they're not doing that right because... You know, you got this person over here that gets 55 years. Thank God, you know, President Obama let him out. Then you got this person over here that got 
you know, 30 something years for marijuana. I'm just, I can't wrap my head around it when, you know, these judges are supposed to sit here and look at the case, be fair and say, okay, you know, this person, okay, yeah, they they had two other nonviolent, (laughs) nonviolent charges uh, or convictions. And it's the same thing. Marijuana keeps going back to marijuana. Okay, so now I'm just going to go ahead and throw the book at him. Or you know what? This person over here, you know what? They got two nonviolence, same thing. But their story could be, you know what? They're struggling. They've had a hard life. Uh, You know what? I'm going to show some lenience on this person and only give them just probation. Well, each judge is different, and they should be able to decipher the gray areas. But Judge A versus Judge B, Judge A might be a complete butthead and be the one that gives the 55 years. And Judge B might be a little bit more understanding to the situation. So ultimately, it comes down to their character as a person. That's really what it comes down to because it's really up to their discretion as to how harsh of a punishment that they want to give out to that person. True, but at the same token... To a certain point, someone has to say, wait a minute, this is not right because, you know, Judge A over here gave this this, this hard, you know, uh, punishment to a, and hard labor, I mean, punishment to this person. And this person didn't even get time. This person got uh, just straight parole for five years. To a certain point, someone has to step in. And I guess it would be the president. You I don't know. Want, it sounds like you want universal ruling. It, to a certain point, it seemed like in order for it to be somewhat fair, it, it kind of needs to be universal. And what I mean by that is, let me kind of break it down. So let's just say, it's. I'm going to use myself as an example. I, you know, go out there and sell like, I don't know, five pounds of marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I got... I go out there and I'm selling five pounds of marijuana. I'm just I'm a distributor and I get caught doing that. And this is my first offense, first offense. And depending on the judge, you know, like Anthony said, depending on the judge, you know, he's supposed to sit there and look at the gray areas. But hey, for some for for some reason, he don't like me for whatever reason. He don't care about my story. He don't even want to know what I was doing. It just the fact of the matter is, is it was five pounds of marijuana that you were distributing. You should have known better. So you know what? 30 years. There's some judges that are like that. And I think that's where you appeal at a higher up court to see if they'll overturn it. Even though there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. And that's the thing with some of these cases. You can can, uh, file for an appeal over and over and over. And they're like, nope, we don't want to hear it. Nope, 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 nope. And then they'll keep denying it, denying it, denying it. But what I am saying is kind of goes back to the universal law. I definitely think that it should be because the example that I just gave, you know, I get 30 years. This is my first time. Yeah, I'm a distributor. I'm selling weed. I'm making lots of money. But at the same token, there needs to be, okay, a, a, a law book that says, okay, first offense. It don't matter what state you in. First offense, selling marijuana. Okay, roll over here to the punishment Okay, judge need to look at that and say, oh, I can't give her no more than five years. Five years is the max. Now, I can either give her below that. That is kind of where the gray area comes in. And I'm going to say, you know what? I heard her story. I feel bad for her. I'm not going to give her the max five years. I'm going to give her maybe three years. Three years for her to sit in, in that cell and learn her lesson. That would be universal. But even with that, you said learning a lesson. Maybe some people need 
more time to learn that lesson. For the, for the first offense? <laughs> and it goes back to, as we mentioned, a person's background. Their, what's their mind frame? So here you are. You're talking about you for an example compared to the next individual who could be running the streets in the gang. You don't know what his criminal record's True. like. Just having to get caught for this and you both look like you're the same, but then he's going to look at, okay, this individual's mind frame. I can give him a short sentence. They could still go out there and kill somebody, do something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mass shooting. You don't know what's in their mind frame. So they may need a longer period of time to sit in confinement mm-hmm. to really think about this. Some people, everybody's mind is different. True. So, but then, once again, it kind of goes back to this judge is just assuming, making assumptions that, okay, you know, this person might do this and this person might do that. But he could just know. go off what's given to him, what he could see in front of him. True. And then also, you're looking at the person in court and saying, oh, do they really feel bad? Like, do they have the cases, any remorse? Any remorse? Does this individual really feel sorry? I'm looking at them and just hearing how they're talking. They're picking up on things. Are they talking about themselves all the time? Is it me, 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 me? Are they concerned about society? What, what are the key words they're saying? Even if they're faking it, he's still just listening to this individual, looking at body, posture, so forth. He's, he's picking up on all this to see. Does this individual really care? A judge is supposed to see all. That's mm-hmm. why they're in the position that they're in and getting paid what they're getting paid. Right. They because so. they're supposed to see all of that. And it's not perfect. So well, they're going to make bad decisions, but they can only do so much. Okay, so yeah, I get that. But then let's kind of flip this on all the people that these judges have convicted. And now these people are locked up for these unbelievable amount of years now that's starting to take an effect on their mental state. True. Now they fall into depression and maybe anxiety. So with that being said, okay, so that needs to be looked at as well. Because now, to a certain point, this judge has rendered this wrong decision by giving this person all these years really for no reason at all. And I got another article. So this article that I also read was with US, um, a Today uh, news and it says it's titled I'm not crazy I just miss my family dearly along with my freedom this guy was on the one two three strike you're out with marijuana charge and he got life and he said he is severely depressed it's really taking a toll on his mental state and he's only done 11 years he got life with no parole because of the one two three strike you're out and he's an african-american man and if someone doesn't sit here and look at his case and say, wow, you got life for, you know, one, two, three structure out just for marijuana. You know, if we don't let this guy out. You know, he's one. He's going to die in prison anyway because he got life. But just the fact of the matter is he might die sooner because of his mental state. You see what I'm saying? And to me, that was a harsh punishment. Life just for marijuana. Yeah, that was an unnecessary punishment. Something like that. Again, they there's people that should be in prison. There's other people that should be sent to rehabilitation facilities if need be. But now with marijuana being legal in at least 34 states, mm-hmm. those convictions need to be overturned for everyone that is convicted of marijuana use mm-hmm. or possession. Because clearly, if certain states are making it legal and other states are not, then that's 
that's where the criminal justice system, I think, has failed a lot of people, mm-hmm. is it's not, like you said, consistent across the board. So when you have someone like Demi Lovato that has had her issues that she's overcome, but now she says she's California sober, which means she smokes joints, you know, a few times a day or a few mm-hmm. times a week, and she's out there saying it, that she smokes marijuana, then what's the difference between her and somebody from the 90s that was doing that, that well, got life in prison? I think it's because, you know, a lot of these states, they have now made it legal for its recreational, and I believe California has made it uh, legal for its recreational. Right. But weren't these people using it for recreational most likely as well? Most definitely they were. So then they need to be... Exonerated. Yeah, I definitely. I I agree with that statement a gazillion percent because now you start to have, like I said, a lot of these celebrities stepping forward. Like definitely, I know Nas is a huge advocate on it, talking about look, this person's locked up for 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 weed. This person's locked up for marijuana. They all need to be let you know um, release them and expunge their record. Because here's the thing: you can release a person from prison. But if all that is still on their record, how are they going to get a job? Yeah, it's going to mess them up long. It's already messed them up long time. It's already affected them mentally just being in a prison with people that have actually committed murders murders. and, and thefts and all that stuff. And so to be in that situation... When what you're what you've done is what people are doing now and mm-hmm. not being convicted of it because it's legal. It's legal. And their state, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And I, I'm talking. I think I'm over the fact that you know, as I read these stories, these states know. Okay, we got all these people locked up. Let's just say you have one state, and they have they know they got ten thousand people locked up for marijuana, but that state has now made it legal. What you gonna do about it? As a lawmaker, what are you going to do about Because you, you, you're aware of this. It should be as simple as, okay, I want to see all the, the, the court records of those that we locked up for marijuana. Because it comes okay. down to business. Uh, it's back to business. It, so, okay, you have these 10,000 people in this building that you're already making money off of. Billions. You let them go. What do you do with that money that you're losing there. I, that ain't my problem. Let's let's do the let's do the more let's <laughs> you, do the But you say that's thing. not your problem. And it's a the country is a business, so they're looking at we're gonna lose a lot of money. So we need to fill this jail so we can let them out. Let those ten thousand out. We gotta put ten thousand back in that building. I guess I'm confused because I thought at one time they said jails were crowded, overcrowded. They build more. They just keep building more. Okay, so and and I'm sure that's that's the case, but even with that being said, you just know, like the world we live in is, is a transaction. It's this, transaction. The neighborhood we live in, crowded. They have houses. What are they going to do? Find another plot of land and build more neighborhoods. True. They just keep building. They, they'll keep building. But with that being said, okay, so, you know, yo, the world that we live in is all just transactional based. It's all about the, the dollar. I, I get that. But to a certain point, where is the integrity? Where when, when people going to step up and do the the morally right probably thing? probably lost that a long time ago. Okay, well, we need to get back to that. We need to get back because it is not fair. It is not fair for a person to be locked up in prison for marijuana use, selling, whatever the case may be, and that state has now made it legal. And that person is in there for, I don't know, 30 years to life. And now their family members are just dying off. And they can't. They ain't seen their family members in years. And then, and, and then, and then let's visit, just, yeah. yeah. And here's the thing. Let's just say uh, one of the presidents do pardon them, and they finally get out. 
Life is gone. There ain't there ain't no one on the outside. I'm with no you. One. I, I see that it's totally wrong. It should be let out, but this is a business, and that's what this country's built on. Let's talk about change. I hear what you're saying, but it's wrong. I don't care. It's wrong. Whatever. I don't give a crap about the money because we're, we're too rich for that. It is how they losing money. This this work this country is too rich for that. So even if they let out ten thousand people, okay. You let out 10,000 people because that was the right thing to do. You should have let them out. What, 34-something states have now legalized marijuana? So what you just going to do is hold these people in this jail cell. When they thinking about the hopes of getting out one day, they praying. Like, when my number's going to come around and the, their number never comes around, then they die. They die in that cell. Because it doesn't affect them. It's greed. It doesn't affect them until it comes up on their doorstep and one of their family members goes through that, they don't care. That's why you need, and who knows if this is going to happen, but you need lawmakers from different parties to band together in order to get the change done. Or you need the president and the vice president to take executive action to make that change come about. But that's the only way it's really going to happen unless the American people bring it to these lawmakers' doorstep, which there's resources that are. Um, the innocenceproject.org is a great resource. They have a huge team of uh, attorneys and paralegals and uh, PR people that work together to get people that were wrongfully convicted out of mm-hmm. prison, whether it's assault or it's something as minor as marijuana use in which they shouldn't be in prison. But they can only do so much because mm-hmm. they're just one organization. You need lawmakers that can actually pass these laws if they're already passing laws to make marijuana legal in at least 34 states, whether it's for medicinal or recreational use, then those same law- lawmakers need to exonerate the people that are mm-hmm. in the prisons for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. I agree with that 100%. But once again, the needle's not moving. And here's the thing. If it's moving, it's, well, it's not moving. moving. A little it, bit it's moving a little bit. It's not moving quick enough because you still have so many people that are just sitting in their jail cell knowing what they know that now okay so they done made it legal there's a possibility i might get out because this that's why i'm in here for i haven't did anything else okay so when is my 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 turn gonna come around you know what i'm gonna go ahead and file an appeal and see what happens okay so that appeal gets rejected okay i'm gonna try again you got people that are in prison for life, they've been filing appeal after appeal after appeal after appeal, and that keeps getting denied. That's a problem. There, there's, just, there's just so many problems that, yeah, I know they need to be tackled one at a time, but at the same token, it needs to be on someone's agenda. You just can't keep sweeping this under the rug because this is the reality. And the reality is not going to go away until you bring about change. And right now, we need change for these folks. These folks need to be let out. Because it's just it's just not right. But back, if you go, if you think about back in the day, yeah, you got caught with some marijuana. That was probably it for you. You probably you went to jail. You you might have got for the first offense. You probably got maybe parole, or you might have got locked up for a few years. But now it's just it's a game changer because I would have never thought in my generation that something that was put on this earth, <laughs> on this God Green's earth. To grow, people would now, you know, they were be, they was being convicted of it. Now it's legal, and they 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 can just use it at their leisure. 
They can smoke it whenever they want. They can do whatever they want. They can actually make it in the back of their, their yard. They can grow it. They can do whatever they want. I would have never thought in my generation that it would have became legal. And now the government is making money off of it. Because the government is making money off of Big money off of it. And what would that be? It's business. Yeah, 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 yeah. As long as Uncle Sam can make money off of anything you do, it's legal. But 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 <laughs> let's flip it. So the folks that are in prison for marijuana, give them jobs working at a, a cannabis, uh, <laughs> a cannabis store. Do something. I mean, come on now, flip know. that. Why? Why not? It, it, it doesn't mean that they were. Well, I'm sure some of them were actually using it, but I'm sure they they know how to actually, um, you know, grow it probably and and, and, may, and maybe sell it in those vending machines or those dispensary things. Why not flip that and make it something positive? Why not give those people jobs in that industry? It could be a win-win situation when you really think about it because you let them out and then that turns into a job. You still get money. The government still get money off of them. Now they're being rehabilitated. They're getting expunged their record. They get a clean slate. And hey, it, it's it's all good. Sounds like you had the solution. <laughs> well, that's just one solution that I came up with. <laughs> but I mean, we we definitely need to sit here and talk about other solutions. You know, I read an article to where you know the one one guy said that it's moving too slow. Far as it's moving at a snail's pace for folks that are in prison to be exonerated of the, of the crime. And it is now legal in their state. So now I think they just got folks just playing the waiting game. They're just waiting for um, change to happen. But change is just moving too slow for them. Well, I mean, the American people really do have the power to make the change, even though the lawmakers are the ones that can write it out and implement it. If the American people hold the lawmakers in power accountable to actually bring about this change, then that's how it gets done. And I know, you know, voting terms come up every few years or so, but that needs to be something that is put to the forefront as to, you know, what is your stance on X, Y, and Z in order for us to vote for you? Marijuana being one of them. What is your stance on the people that are currently incarcerated for what I'm doing and it's now legal? But they were sentenced to 10, 20, 30 plus years in prison for the exact same thing. And what are you going to do about making right what was done wrong all those years ago? So there's other things that you can do. There's resources that are online. Again, the innocenceproject.org is a great resource on things that can be done to kind of amplify American people's voices so that it's not, like you said, swept under the rug. But ultimately, it's going to come down to the lawmakers and the president being the ones to actually make what actually implement the change because we can talk about it and we can band together and make our voices heard but they're the ones that have to actually implement it yeah but you know as you mentioned before you know the president you know will have to put in an executive order to to bring about changes and as i mentioned earlier you know you have some presidents that have been doing that they've been pardoning people but it shouldn't even have to come to that to where the president it gets on a president's radar and they realize wow something this is this is not right let me step in and let me one let me just review this person's record okay no this is this is too severe this is harsh now let me undo what was done by the time it gets on that president's desk so many years on went by 
lots of years done went by that you just can't get back. It is lost. I'm not saying that you get caught with marijuana, you shouldn't do any time. By no means, I, I'm not saying that. I think you should do time because it kind of goes back to some folks need to do time to sit and think about what they've done. I get that. Well, if it's legal in your state, then... If it's legal in your state, then no. But if it's not legal in your state and you get caught with marijuana, then yeah, you need to do some time. Whether it's a couple years, five years, but when you get into the 15, 20, 30 years to life, I got a problem with that because that's unheard of. But here's the thing. It kind of makes you wonder, are people still getting locked up for marijuana even though it's still legal in their state because once again is is at the state level not at the federal level they could be i mean i personally think that it impairs people's ability to think that's just my personal opinion what? based off of the research that i've done yeah i don't think that people that i think if you use cbd is not actually i could be wrong about this i don't think cbd is actually marijuana i think it's something to do with the hemp or some, some part of the plant. But uh, marijuana, from what I've read and what I've researched, is that it, it can impair your brain. And it makes people move a little bit slower. Kind of the hallucinations and right. things so like that. So you shouldn't be yeah. driving when you're doing that type of stuff. You yeah. shouldn't be doing things that require you to have an awareness of what you're doing. No, that's actually a true statement because I had um, I did a paper on, on that back in college. And it actually, smoking marijuana, I think it probably depends on how much you're smoking. It can actually impair your thinking. No, you probably should not be driving if you're using it for weather, you know, recreational purposes or whatnot. But at the same token, I think, you know, research has discovered that for those that are going through maybe chemo or some type of cancer, actually smoking marijuana does help. So basically, we already answered the question of what you guys think should happen with those that were incarcerated with a petty crime like marijuana. But what do you think should be, I mean, kind of like judges and prosecutors at some point should be held accountable for just their crazy sentencing that they try to implement and, and dish out. So what do you think should be the replication for a judge that dishes out a sentence that just is excessive and that just doesn't make any sense? Wow, that's a good question. But when you say holding the judge accountable, can you even do that? But, when you think but about, you should be able to, you should, right? Yeah, you should, well, I would think you should be able to, but since you know they're in a position to where they have jobs for life, and it kind of seems as though it doesn't matter what a judge does or what a judge says, his decision is his decision. Yeah, yeah, down the road, if the president decides to overturn it with an executive order and, and pardons that person, that's a different, that's a different, you know, outcome, and there's nothing that the judge can do about it, but. I'm sure there are tons of judges that are, you know, doing things, you know, that they probably shouldn't be doing and they've never been held accountable. I definitely feel like they should be held accountable. Uh, it kind of goes back to the universal law. You know, if the universal law was in place, then they wouldn't have so much power to just do what they want to do. Maybe have certain judges not be allowed to sit on certain cases. I don't know if you would actually let them stay have them step down. I mean, it's not like anybody can just step up there and become a judge. It's a certain process. You have to be in so long, study 
certain case. Yeah, it takes a lot to become a judge, or it should. Mm -hmm. So they probably shouldn't be on certain cases. You take those privileges away. That yeah, that would be interesting. Especially if you have a pattern of doing this. Okay, you can't do this anymore. Rendering the same somewhat decision for if it's a marijuana case, you're just giving for people to book. We're gonna drop you from these cases down to traffic law now. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing. Yeah, but then, you know, it kind of makes you wonder who would have the oversight on that. I mean, you would have to have, like, the top judge kind of overseeing all the other judges. And I don't know if they have that or not. Well, I guess it would be the, the magistrate. Judges. You could have the magistrate judge, which is kind of below the judge. The, the magistrate judge is the one that you initially deal with, I believe, before you go to the yes. actual... I don't know if it's a state judge or who it is, but mm-hmm. maybe that person could fill that spot and decide the case or not. Yeah, but then also, what about the the prosecutors? You know, yeah, you got, there's crooked. There's a there's lot. Ton, of there's a lot of crooked prosecutors. I think we all know that the plea deals that they can actually make, and they kind of go and have these sidebar conversations in the judges' chambers about this and about that. Well, look what happened to Giuliani. He's no longer able to practice law. Mm-hmm. But isn't that temporary? It could be. Yeah. But but he's being something. held accountable, exactly. and he that's should what it comes be. Down to. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's what, nothing that's else what... gives you time to think and say, okay, maybe I should change. Maybe I should do something a little different. Yeah, that's a fine example right there. And back to, I think we talked about the episode before. I was on like a three strike. Maybe there's a certain certain levels. Mm-hmm. Okay, you do this and this. you can't practice law for this many months or maybe a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. The next time you do it, uh, you're just getting your license pulled away. Mm-hmm. From a prosecutor standpoint. Well, I mean, there has to be some way to hold these folks accountable. Because right now, they're not being held accountable. They have all this power. And sometimes when you leave people with all this power and you don't, once again, hold them accountable, they're going to continue to just basically abuse their power and use it for whatever purposes they want to. They're able to do whatever they want to do because it's kind of like there's no one above them. So, hey, you know what? I'm this prosecutor. I went to school for it. I've earned it. This is what I think the law should be. No different than a judge. I'm a judge. I've got this job for life. Almost I'm like going to do what I want to do. I'm the supreme being. I'm the supreme being. I hold being. all yes. rules and yes. laws over I here. decide. Yes. I decide. So no one's above me. No one's above me. Is. And that's kind of how it, it feels at times is that, wow, no one has. It seems like once a judge rules, that's a wrap. Mm-hmm. That's what it kind of feels like. And I've never been in that situation, but I can put myself in that situation and I can empathize and I can understand and sympathize with folks like, that's messed up. Mm-hmm. There's there's no way around this. And then if you do an appeal, what if that judge knows about it? And then that judge is on the appeal panel. Denied, denied. Or that judge is connected with this person and this person that's on the appeal panel. Denied, denied. No, 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 no. They ain't getting through. They ain't never getting out of here. You have some judges be like, they're in there for life. I put them in there. Don't go behind my back. Mm-hmm. Don't overrule the decision that I made. And that's kind of where it's at. Yes, a lot of changes that need to take place. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to our 10th episode. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to subscribe. Leave us a five-star review and definitely share as well. Um, We have two more episodes left. We're getting ready to wrap up mid-July. So, Definitely check out our previous 
talks, you can head over to AuthenticFilters.com. If you have any questions, you can email us at hello at AuthenticFilters.com. We want to thank our special guest again, Preston Nelson, for joining us a second time on Authentic Filters. And until next time, peace. Peace.